Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. It's been a little while, but I'm uh, I'm happy to be back from from my little hiatus, and we've got a, a bunch of very exciting guests coming soon. So, as you guys know, a little bit of quick housekeeping. If you are new to the show, please do me a quick favor: follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine, my YouTube that you can find by searching Felix Levine. You'll find all video versions of my episodes there. And obviously, all audio versions of every podcast are on Apple and Spotify, so make sure that you go check that out. Subscribe to that, rate, review, all of that beautiful stuff. Um, So let's get into it. And my next guest, he is the current interim Cage Warriors featherweight champion of the world. He is one of the brightest young prospects in all of MMA, and I'm super excited to have him on my show. Please welcome the Irishman, Paul Hughes. And we're live. Paul Hughes, sir, thank you so much. for. First of all, nice to meet you. But also, th- secondly, thank you so much for, for taking the time, especially uh, 11 days out, I believe, from, from fight night. So I appreciate you uh, yes, taking sir. the time. No, I appreciate you, Matt. Thank you for having me on. So I told you a few seconds ago, a little tidbit, a little story, a little something the world doesn't know about Paul Hughes. Um, I mean, something random. I mean, you literally just told me. So I think the first thing that came to my head, I guess, is not a lot of people have a clue about me is that I'm actually very into like meditation. I've spent some time in silent retreat. So people probably wouldn't fucking think that considering I get in the cage and fight people. So yeah. (laughs) Considering that you're a sick bastard who punches other people in the head for, for a living. Exactly. So you go to silent retreats. I've been, I've been on one before. I, I, I've, play around with meditation it's a big part of my life like so i done i think it was it was like eight days silence in the in mountains in thailand somewhere in kosame so that's just a random one that's so it's eight days so you're completely so you're in thailand and what what's it like like they they take away your phone and or what's that what's that yeah totally silent like uh no reading no books writing nothing at all completely no merge sort of it goes in deep. It's all just sort of, I guess, for passing a meditation um, majority of the day. And then there's little bits of yoga and stuff as well in the retreat I was on, which was quite nice. Well, so do you have, like, are there other people around? Yeah, yeah. There's other people on the retreat as well. So they're doing, they, you have, like, I guess, you have, there's a few mentors or a few teachers that take different classes throughout the day for meditation. So people join the group and then you can sort of, it's a center, you know, and you can sort of just go off and do your own thing. Luckily, the, the one I was at was right beside like a little waterfall, uh, just right in the mountains. So you were able to sort of just go explore nature and just sort of, yeah, it was it's pretty mad. It was quite a few years, maybe three, four years ago now. I'm sort of longing to get back to that, to be completely honest. But right now I'm in, uh, I guess, fight and kill mode. So what was the what was the desire to to go and do something like that? Because that's pretty intense. I mean, people tell me, you know, people meditate daily, you know, 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes when they get up. But, you know, to isolate yourself in Thailand for eight days is a whole other, uh, whole other ballpark. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was in Thailand training. and There's some really good MMA training camps there. So I was there. 
and I had been meditating for years and it's something I just wanted to go and and, and go a little bit deeper in. and I've, and I've heard retreats are just the way to do that it's like a really intense training camp essentially so yeah there was one close by and I thought yeah let's give it a try and I did it was it was absolutely amazing beautiful experience and one I hope to have again soon what did you what did you learn about yourself during those eight days Ah, I learned a few things, bro. I learned a few things, but I think what you get mostly from it is this sort of, you can tap into this, I guess, state of mind that you didn't really know was possible. And when you get there, it's a lot easier to bring yourself back there in normal life because you've, you've had the feelings before you can sort of calm the mind enough where you can tap into this sort of, I don't know, it would want to sound too weary on it, but it's like, like this, not not a higher power, but it's like you realize that that how life can actually be lived. It can be lived stress and anxiety free if you are willing to put in the time enough time into your meditation and spiritual practice. So, yeah, it's 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 a hell of an experience. I give you that. Did you did you feel like there was significant benefits um, in every aspect of your life, personal life, fighting after after that little retreat? Yeah, I mean, it, it transfers to everything, to be completely honest. Um, it's not really something that's like, not that it massively helps you with fighting or anything like that, because I guess the whole idea of it is to essentially empty the mind, clear the mind, and, and become just more and more aware of the thoughts coming in and, in and out of your mind at, at all times. So, But uh, when you get to them sort of places, it definitely has a knock-on effect to other things in your life. It, it definitely feeds the soul as without getting too woo-woo on you. <laughs> and do you so do you still do you still meditate uh daily uh do you know what i would love to say i do meditate daily but, but then you'd be I, lying I, I just yeah exactly I, I don't but i do try to be very mindful for it today especially there's times or for example when i'm driving a lot of the time when i'm driving it's like it's like a mindful cue for me it's like just total presence and i guess that's what meditation is essentially it's just bringing yourself back from being lost in thought and just being aware of the moment, be aware of the thoughts coming in and out. So I just try to have as much, I guess, present moments throughout the day. And that helps with stress and anxiety for sure, especially when you're in fight camps and things like that. So for example, I was just in the sauna before I came here with doing a recovery session. And that's just what I was trying to do. I was just mm-hmm. trying to be mindful, just focus on the breath and just part of my life. I think also, I mean, and just in listening to you talk and, and for people out there that are, you know, if this is the first time they're hearing you speak, um, you're very young. You're So you're 24, 25. I'm 24. You're 24, yeah. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that it's, uh, I think it's also very encouraging because it's, I think it's a big sign of maturity as well, you know, just uh, as a, as a fighter, I guess, better understanding how you process things, but as a, as a human being as well. Um, so I think that that's just very impressive. And I think, and I think it, you've got to probably see that in, in the way that it disciplines you when it comes to your, your career, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your mind is the, the basis of absolutely everything you experience, whether it's career-based things or whether it's just your general mental health, it's it transfers to everything. So, yeah. So, where are you at right now? I mean, we're about eleven days out. This will come out a few days uh, before before your fight. But um, where are you at? You know, I guess physically, mentally, for for what is going to be the biggest fight of your career to to date? Yeah, bro, I'm in the best physical and mental space I've ever been in to be completely honest and um, the camp has been just amazing amazing every camp has its ups and downs and injuries and, and niggles but this camp has been extra special I've got 
I've, I've hit some real new levels here and I'm just in that last push of hard training. Once we get a week out from the fight, all the hard work's done and it's a little bit more relaxed. So looking, I'm sort of in the last push here at the minute. Do you feel like, you know, so you had your first, you had your first fight at 16 is what I, what I heard. Is this correct? Yes, sir. That's so, correct. So from the ages of 16 to now 24, I mean, eight years is, is a fairly amount of time, but you're still so young. How have you noticed that you've just changed in your preparations and your mindset going into into a fight night? Oh, I mean, everything's changed. Like I've grown up, I guess, throughout the sport now. And I've actually been fighting professionally now. Just I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago was the anniversary of my pro debut, which was actually just over five years ago now. So I made my professional debut when I was 19, which is pretty fucking young, (laughs) pretty fucking young. Um, I had a little bit of an injury streak in between that. I had two years off, but um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like as I progress now, I, I sort of feel like a young veteran to be completely honest and everything I'm doing in my camps and in my life now is all just for high performance, for optimal to be the best in the world. And that's, I guess, what my life is. Did you, did you ever think so as, so as a young kid and, and for people that, that are listening now, um, I guess there was from from I think the interview with uh, or the podcast with Shane Todd, who's hilarious. Um, I was listening to to that yesterday. You guys should check that out. Mm-hmm. Very funny comedian um, that Paul Paul was on his show recently. Um, you talk about you know first getting into the sport, and there was a little bit of hesitancy with the parents. Yeah, for sure. I mean, whose mind that wants to see their kid get in a cage and fucking fight people? Like, do you know what I mean? It's not that fucking normal of a thing to do. Uh, especially me growing up, I was just playing football. I was playing like Irish football, which is called Gaelic football, and at hurling, which is another Irish sport, and then soccer as well. So that was more normal shit to do. And then I was like, nah, I want to fight. Like, I love this shit. Like, I love it. And they were like, a couple of years were trying to talk me in and out of it. But uh, when they seen that I, uh, when I, when they seen how much I love the sport and how much it was given to my life and the person I was becoming because of the sport, they were, they were totally fine with it. And now they're the most supportive parents in the world. Was it, do you think that your love for the sport came from just the, I guess, the beauty and the discipline of mixed martial arts? Or was there, you know, because, you know, for some kids, it's they overcame certain insecurities or anger, whatever it is. Um, what was your your root of the love for the sport? I think it was rooted in competition, to be completely honest. When I was playing football, I was very, very competitive. And I was always playing at a high level. And I always wanted to win. And I was always the kid that was always willing to sort of put in the extra work to train hard, to be the best. And I loved competition. And I think MMA is just the ultimate form of competition. And when I got fell in love with it, that was just it. What is, uh, why do you think you've always had this, this burning competitive edge in you? Hmm. I don't know. I think probably a few reasons i mean I'm, i wasn't the tallest kid growing up so i probably had that small kid thing of wanting to be tough and wanting to get stuck in the people and show that's a real thing small. that's a real thing oh for sure i mean funny i actually sort of found this out one time when i was doing interviews for cage warriors just before the fights they were like where did this come from and i was like ah do you know what i have an older brother who's two years older than me and i used to always play with his friends and then I realized, do you know what? I probably was that competitive because I wanted to just fit in and be able to to play with the older kids and just not be look not be looked at as right. like the wee smaller kids. So I wanted to be tougher. So 
probably insecurities is the reason I'm a fighter. <laughs> do you feel like, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of fighters feel similarly about that in a lot of ways, but do you feel more secure now that you're a fighter? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, fighting, I, I guess, just gives you this confidence. Um, I mean, obviously, you're, you're fine if everything, anything ever happens to you physically, but it's more more mentally. I mean, like when I, I really just don't really get annoyed by too many things, like somebody cuts you off in traffic, like any of that bullshit. It doesn't matter. You've been at the gym all morning fucking fighting constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've been you've been there like putting the work in. So, yeah, it's it definitely calms the calms the mind gives you more confidence for sure but do you think so do you think like that reason why if someone cuts you off in traffic and you kind of are more at peace is it because you know that like if anything goes wrong you could just fuck them up maybe a little bit but it's not really how my it's not what i'm thinking i'm just sort of just like yeah whatever i just let it pass you're an old you're what an, it is you're an old wise soul uh, i don't know about that man i don't know about that getting there um what is it also like, I mean, even on the physical side, it must be weird to, you know, and I always, I'm always curious when I have my fighters in here, um, just realizing that kind of, I don't know how to describe, or I wouldn't know how you would describe it, that's why I want to understand, of the feeling of when you know that like 99.9% .9 of people won't really ever be able to A, feel the kind of confidence physically that you can have over someone, um, and B, just know that, like, that's got to add a layer of security knowing that, like, if you ever are in a position, you could choke someone out. You can, you know, I mean, you have far more skills than uh, than the average Joe walking down the street. Yeah, absolutely. But then I'm also not uh, oblivious to the fact that in a street fight, anything goes and people <laughs> can use weapons and guns and yeah. knives. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm invincible, put it like that. I'm still very very much know what can happen out there in the, in the big bad world do you ever have you ever gotten into a fight since you become a fighter on the, like a street fight no i haven't you're a peaceful which fella. is a good thing i i'm a i'm a peaceful fella mate and especially if i'm ever out with my friends like my friends are all pretty chilled out when i drink alcohol i'm even more happy than i am <laughs> i'm like i'm pretty happy drunk so uh altercation and 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 things like that is definitely not my thing. I, I fucking hate it, to be completely honest. I hate conflict, uh, which is sounds a bit counterintuitive, <laughs> the fact that I'm a fucking fighter, but yeah. What is the, you know, I think it's always so interesting to, because, I mean, from even in talking to you 20, 25 minutes, um, you seem like a, like a fantastic individual, and it's so, you know, it's so weird for people who, who don't know the, the fight game in the MMA world to think that you go into a cage that's locked and you and you go and try to either submit somebody unconsciously or other ways and uh or just knock them out cold and it's 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 war it's 1v1 like how do you how do you switch a mindset from you know being a fantastic human being to to being someone who's going in there to to kill well first of all thank you okay um i don't know man i think it's just this com competitive thing in me it's the yin and yang. It's is is important. Training hard, you got to get in the zone. You got to get to that dark place sometimes to get through hard trainings, hard camps. But to me, it's all for I guess the greater good. It's all for like fighting and things like that. It's all the it's all the vehicle to I guess actualize my best self and become become the best person that I can be. And why not do that in the hardest sport in the world? And why not try be the best in the world at the hardest sport in the world? So. 
yeah, I mean, as I say, it is a lot of yin and yang, though, like getting in the cage and fighting someone. Sometimes you just, sometimes I say to myself, like, what the hell am I doing? Like I was at, on Saturday night there, some of my teammates were fighting. And whenever you go in and you, you start watching the fights the first or second, you're just like, this is absolutely crazy. Like, this is fucking nuts. And then I think, I do this. So it's it's sort of mad, but I mean, fuck, I love the sport, man. I absolutely love it. And I'm a fighter through and through. So yeah, it's it's a lot of, I guess, yin and yang. What's the, describe like the, when you say like the dark place in a fight, like what has that looked like in the past? Because I mean, you're fatigued, you're hurt, you know, I mean, it's a whole range of things, but describe that, that feeling because it's got to be unlike any other dark place feeling there is. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's a hard thing to describe, to be honest. It's like, I guess you, you just imagine being the most physically exhausted you've ever been. Like, think about a hard training session or something that's been terrible, like, so physically demanding. Imagine doing that and having these feelings inside a cage where you're fighting and you've still got another round, you've got another two rounds. And to be completely honest, most of this happens in my training camps to prepare me for the fight. Um, so that's why training camps are so tough. It's not just that you get in and have the fight and that's mm -hmm. it. But I mean, my last fight was five rounds and regardless of how fit you are, five fives yeah. in MMA competition is is tough. So I didn't quite have to go to as dark a place. I do think the last the last round, of course, was was tough and but I was getting the better of the guy, so it wasn't quite as dark. But yeah, it's it's a hard thing to describe. You really this is why you got to forge the mindset and the, and the physicality through a training camp because you got to prepare yourself for these situations. And thankfully, I, I mean, I've never had a, I've never quit in my life. I've never, uh, there's no, nothing in my mind that will ever make me quit, which is a, an amazing thing to have as a fighter. I've never quit and never will quit. So I know that going into hard fights, regardless of where, where it goes, like I'll go to the death and it's a, it's a good thing. Do you think that there's been a moment and you might not, um, that you could pinpoint in your life that was maybe perhaps difficult that kind of, I guess, prepared you for moments that are just so fucking difficult when you're in a, in a cage fight? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I had a two-year layoff in my career. So after my professional debut, it, 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 my, my debut blew up online with millions of hits. Like this 19-year-old kid got a first-round KO. Like it was crazy. It was in my hometown here in Belfast, our home country in, in Northern Ireland, in Belfast. And uh, after that fight, I, I broke my hand and I just really had this horrific street of hand injuries where I broke it four times in a, in a year, four times in 12 months, and then had a hand surgery. So Fuck. there was points where I was like, oh, well, my, my career's over. And as of course, your, your love being taken away from you over and over. Like you think you're getting back, handbrake, you think you're getting back, surgery doctors telling you you're never going to fight again your dreams are being ripped away from you you do you know what i mean so there was definitely dark time periods throughout that and i drew a lot of inspiration then I, I ended up flipping that obstacle into being one of the best things that's ever happened to me and that's that's been that's been very important to forge in the mindset that i've created now and to becoming the person that i've become now so yeah that 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 would be my answer for that one and now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. 
They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves. And now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. How is, uh, so is your hand better now? Yeah, I've had absolutely zero issues since I returned to fighting. So, so, so how, did, how did it break four times? Like, is it just, were you punching the wrong way, as silly as that sounds, or what? So the, the first time I broke it was on my left hand, and then I ro- broke my right hand straight after oh, okay. that. And it was the right hand I was having issues with. I was basically coming back to sparring after, after the time that I was taking, three months, four months, five months, whatever it was. And when I was coming back to sparring, I was just hitting it and it would wasn't even too sore but it was just refracturing it each time mm-hmm. and it was just like it was just freak incidents to be completely honest and then i ended up having to get surgery on it after after the, the three backs in the right hand so as i say ever since that i've had zero issues issues so it's it's been it's been a blessing thank god so when you so you have your fight on on the 18th and obviously you're not looking past that um and that is I mean, for people, I mean, you're fighting at, so you're fighting at the O2. Yes, sir. That's a, that's a, that's gotta be pretty cool for, for, for someone like yourself. Main, main, I mean, headlining. Yeah, it's pretty cool, bro. It's pretty cool. I must say my last few fights have been in London and the last one was the first one since COVID that the fans were allowed back. We sold it out. It was a fucking crazy event. And the O2 is going to be just times down. Like there's so many fans and followers going over. The Irish, as we know, are, are like some of the best, are these the best supporters in the world. So they're going to be putting out for sure in this fight. And we'll, we'll blow the roof off the O2. And uh, it's funny because our, our mutual connection, Dave Fish, who is, who is your manager, or man, is full yes, manager? Or, I mean, I know Paradigm manages everything. Yeah, yeah, manager. He's uh, who I had on my show, if people remember, um, who's, a, who's a lovely guy, uh, very smart individual. Um, he told me, because I, I don't know, I think I was just talking to him randomly and he's like, yeah, I just got back from Cage Wars and it was the absolute greatest show I've ever seen. I mean, the the place was just rocking and it's got to be, I mean, for you, that's got to be unbelievable as a as a as an Irishman to, to have all your people uh, follow you. And, and you I mean, you guys are some of the fucking most wild fans on the planet. Damn right, bro. As I say, we we truly showed out that night. We truly, truly showed out. And respect also to the French fans. I was fighting a French guy with a big follow, and they had an amazing fan base there. So just the way that it worked out, there was two balconies, and the Irish were in one balcony. The French were in the other. My corner was all of my fans just behind me and the balcony just above, and his were the opposite side. You couldn't have planned it any better. The stars all aligned, and it was just it was mayhem. It was a, quite a small venue. It was maybe like under a 1,000 wow. capacity. But it was it was absolutely insane. It's it, it's called the York Hall. It's a, it's an iconic boxing venue here in in the in the UK. And I had, I had the manager coming up to me after and saying, "This is the best event we've ever done." Wow! And that that says a lot. Like, and 
as I say, though, next week is going to be times 10. I, I truly believe it. I've got times 10 the following going over the, on the support. So, yeah, it's it's going to be another big one. What is, uh, I mean, you know, and I don't want to get ahead too much, um, but as a as a young fighter, is the goal only the UFC? I mean, you know, I have my, my UFC guys, and they go, like, you know, take a, a Patty. I had Patty on recently, and he's another Cage Warriors alum um, who, who mm-hmm. and it's weird because I, and watching some of your old fights in preparation for this and watching Patty, and he's a crazy little scouse fellow himself, but he's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a lot of that same kind of love. And uh, and I think uh, Graham's done a great job, and I think your management has done a great job in kind of ma- getting those fights and putting you in the right moments that are not too big, that are also big enough. Um, like, is you is is the dream the UFC, obviously, I'd imagine? Uh, for sure, for sure. I mean, when I, when I get the finish next week, it'll be undeniable. I, I, I believe I'll definitely be saying to the UFC straight away because I will have taken out absolutely everybody in Europe, all the best guys in cage wears I will have beat. So there'll be no enough for me to fight. And look, I'm 24 years old. I'll be 9-1, 10-0 and in my opinion, next week. And yeah, I've got a crazy fan base behind me. And it's going to be, I'll be undeniable, I think. Next week, I'll, I'll definitely have that UFC contract. How do you measure your own success? Is it wins and losses? Like if you, at the end of your career, do you have to be UFC champion for yourself to, to be satisfied? What is What are the metrics that you use to, to kind of evaluate your career? Yeah, for me, it's I'm only in this to be world champion. Of course, I want to make money at this point in my career. And that was, of course, when you're coming up, it's not really what you're thinking about. As of right now, you're still not making any money. But I want to be... I want to be the UFC featherweight champion. That's the only reason that I that I do this now. There's there's just too much sacrifice involved for me to settle for anything less. I'm in this deep, and I've already become champion of the world's and cage warriors, which was my first major goal. So I will do the second and become the UFC featherweight champion. Boom! I don't even know if there's anything else to say about that. Hmm. But uh, that's it, bro. So, give me a quick prediction for uh, for next week. What are we thinking? Uh, I see a KO within two rounds. KO within two rounds. Yeah. Right hook, left hook, uppercut. What are we? Head kick. Either. I can I can put them out with either either hand head kicks. I I've I've knocked people out with head kicks. I've knocked them out with elbows. I've knocked them out with punches. I've I've got it all. Do you feel like Do you feel like you you're already in his head a little bit? Um, that you own any real estate in there? For sure. For sure. Definitely, we did, we done a little bit of like a press thing a few months ago at, at at a previous Cage Warriors event. So we got a bit of time together. Um, although I respect him a lot, I do like him. I think he's a nice guy, but it is business at this point, and uh, we can be friends after. I don't really care. As I'm putting him to sleep in there. Beautiful. And uh, is there any last question? Is there any venue that you would that you would love to to fight at one day? I feel like Madison Square Garden would would suit you well. For sure, MSG is. I mean. That's that's got to be number one list. Like MSG, just the most iconic venue in the world. New York, of course, the, the Irish sort of connection there. Um, that would be number one, alongside the SSE Arena in Belfast here, which where I made my pro debut, the biggest venue here in Belfast. And I want to bring the FC back here for my people and and show them what we can do here in Belfast. It's funny because I saw Ian Gary make his UFC debut at MSG this past, uh, and that was awesome because, you know, on that similar track of Cage Warriors, um, and I could, in listening to you talk, I'm like, 
you know, I mean, you have there's the whole lineage of Irish uh, MMA fighters, starting with Connor, obviously. But do you feel like there's that mm-hmm. pressure to live up to a Connor? You know, even Ian Gary, who's doing really well for himself in the UFC. Um, you know, to to be on that next wave. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's what a privilege to be in that next wave to be one of the guys following in the greatest fight, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Conor McGregor. And I actually hold the belt that he held before we making it to the UFC. So crazy. So yeah, I, I plan to follow in them footsteps. And yeah, I, I just plan to be myself along the way as well. So have, yeah, it's it's a it's a good life. Have you met Connor yet? I haven't met him personally, but I've been in contact with him since since my last fight. He he, he gave it a share and gave me a message and I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times. He's he's so supportive and fuck what a, what an honor that is. What an absolute honor that is. And funny enough, I actually just, it just dawned on me last week. I was like, why don't I like share a card with him someday? Yeah. Why not? Like why, why, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I share a card with him someday? It just came to me last week. And so now that's in my head. I'm going to start fucking thinking, manifesting that shit. So it'll happen one day. Beautiful. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. This is prime fight week time uh, or almost fight week. But I just want to tell you, thank you so much for, for taking the time. It was a, a pleasure and an honor to meet you. And I hope that, uh, you know, whether wh- wherever it'll be, um, New York, if you come here soon, I uh, would love to love to get you back in studio. But uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to watching your fight next week, and uh, go take care of business and uh, rise to the top as soon as possible. Absolutely, bro. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it.